deserves our whole heart, wholehearted service uh, to the Lord. He deserves an upright walk and uh, a life that's dedicated to him, which actually our verses remind us of in Proverbs 10. So turn there if you would. Proverbs chapter 10. And as you're turning there, uh, how many of you remember the Enron scandal? Back a few years ago, story was making front page news for weeks, day in and day out, as the, the collapse of Enron uh, became more sordid. Um, the conduct of, the, of those who were within the company ranged from, ranged from uh, questionable to, well, uh, illegal, and it tarnished, if you would, the reputation of just about every one of the senior management in Enron, except for one person. Uh, and that person's name was uh, Sharon Wat Watkins. One vice president did the right thing, and it became, uh, and it was because of her faith and the worldview that her faith produced uh, that led her to stand up and do that which is right. Uh, World Magazine reported about her after the, the news of the story broke. This lady uh, never imagined that. Um, uh, that there would be so much uh, excitement about, uh, about her. In fact, there were T-shirts that were reading, Thanks, Sharon Watkins, our hero, uh, for her part and for what she did. Well, you know, it's not really all that uh, amazing. Um, she worked at Enron as a vice president. She worked for the company's chief financial officer. And as she worked there, uh, she became aware of the questionable accounting practices that Enron used to hide its losses and lie about its bottom line figures. Now, she was initially afraid, just as I think anyone would be, to confront senior management and to say, hey, there's some irregularities, there's a problem here we need to be aware of. But she talked to a friend, she talked to her mom, and then she drafted a six-page memo to Enron CEO Kenneth Lay. And in that letter, she expressed her concern that the company is going to, she, in her words, implode in a wave of accounting scandals. And, and, and it did. Um, she went further. She called Enron a crooked company whose profits were nothing but an elaborate hoax. She expected to be fired. She was surprised uh, that she, when she wasn't, but she put her job on the line because it was right, because it was necessary, because she was a Christian. In fact, she not only had the courage to risk her job, unlike other Enron executives, she didn't use her insider knowledge of the situation for personal gain. She didn't sell her stock because she felt like doing so would be dishonest and would, would uh, bring distrust about her whole motive and everything else behind it. The Time magazine called the whole story at Enron a failure of character. So why did Watkins stick her neck out? Uh, she was a Christian. Her mother told World Magazine she, had a, she has a strong Christian background and it made her want to do the right thing when she was confronted at Enron with what was going on. To discern what the right thing was, she didn't look inward. She didn't look to business ethicists, because there aren't any anymore. There used to be, but there aren't. 
instead, she sought the counsel of her pastor, people in her Bible study group, and she made the decision to expose the, the matter. Uh, the London Guardian uh, newspaper said she was the toast of America. Her Sunday school teacher, though, uh, said, what's the big deal? That's what a Christian should do. The one writing the story said this, you know, uh, I found that few, if any, business schools teach their students anymore the difference between right and wrong. He said, I had a chance to lecture at Harvard Business School. I looked over the courses that they had available, and there were no courses in business ethics. And that was several years ago. He says, it doesn't surprise me, though. And there's no wonder, then, that since people don't have a worldview that says there's right and wrong, that people know what right and wrong is and that people are willing to do what is right. Uh, and that is why Watkins' actions stood out so much. Now, her actions were the right kind. In fact, they're consistent with what we've been looking at here in Proverbs chapter 10, where we learn in verse 8, the wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow, but a prating fool shall fall. In these three separate Proverbs, we have a lot of contrasts. What are the contrasts? Give them to me because we gave you to them last week as we introduced the passage and gave you the first point. What is one of them? Okay, the wise in heart and the prating fool, which is found in verse 8. Then we have? Okay, the upright with the crooked man. And then the third contrast? Okay, the not, naughty person, that's great. All right, the naughty person and the, the prating fool. Now, um, you say the naughty person, who is that? Well, the, the one that perverts his ways and the one that winks with his eyes and he causes sorrow. And we uh, describe that, actually, the winking with the eyes uh, back in, I think it's Proverbs chapter 6, where we saw it was the naughty man who did such things, which ultimately means the wicked the wicked, thing, the wicked man. All right, so we've looked at these contrasts. Today, we're going to see the conduct. So if you have your outline from last week, the conduct. I don't know if there are still a few more. We didn't get them, get them out, did we? I guess we left them back there. I think there are a few more. If someone wants it, Roman numeral two is the conduct. And I'm not sure if they're even, they even got out. They're probably in the side there, Brother Wiley. So if you want to uh, get whatever, didn't even get prayer sheets. I'm in. What's, what kind of secretary isn't doing the job there? There's none of them. They're out. Oh, see, they were in such demand last week. Sorry about that, people. We'll try to get some more outlines uh, maybe made up. All right, so let's look at the conduct. Now, look at verse 8, and you tell me, because we're, we're going to look at these different people that are basically introduced in this passage. And these four people are described by certain conduct, or they're known by certain conduct. So first one is the wise man. And what do we learn about the wise man? What, how does he conduct himself? What's that? Okay, he receives commandments. I just put it this way. He listens. The wise man listens. Or if you want, the wise man is teachable. He is open to truth shared. He allows it to impact his life. Now, 
that doesn't mean, and you understand this, he doesn't make mistakes. Okay? Wise people make mistakes. Sometimes we don't have all the information. Sometimes even when we have all the information, we may not make the right decision or the right choice in any given specific situation. It doesn't promise, and no proverb does, or at least very few promise, uh, in absolute that this is always going to happen. But, but what we do know is that at least he listens, and as a result, he lessens the potential for mishaps, for ruin, because he's willing to learn. He's willing to listen before he steps out. Now, I don't know about you, but in essence, what it's saying is he's willing to be told he's wrong. He's willing to be told his thinking needs to change. And I got to tell you, that's not easy to have that kind of hard attitude. Because we always like to think we're right. We always like to think we got the answer. Come on, isn't that true? We like to, we like to act like, hey, I, I know it all. I got it all laid out here, got it all figured out and everything else. But what we learn about the wise man, a, a man who is wise, is a person who is willing to say, hey, I don't know it all. I don't have all the answers. And, and I may be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I want to be willing to deal with it. Now, when we talked about the wise man before, when we talked about that first, the first contrast in verse 8, between the wise man and the prating fool, which we'll describe the prating fool again, what that means in a little bit. We looked at the verses that had both the fool and the wise man. Remember that? I think there were four different verses that we find in the book of Proverbs. But there are a number of verses that share with us about the wise man that, doesn't have, that has nothing to do with the fool or doesn't mention the fool. Look in chapter 9 in verse 9. Give instruction to a wise man, and what do we find there? It's going to be wiser, okay? Yeah, say, say why, because he listens. This is really profound here, all right? Because he's a, a listener. He's, he's willing to learn and to be taught. If you look in chapter 18 and verse 15, we see him mentioned again. He says, the heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise, what does the ear of the wise do? Seeks knowledge. It's interesting. It's not just that the wise man sitting there saying, okay, if someone tells me that I'm wrong, all right, I'm willing to accept that. But the wise man is seeking it. So, hey, he's got a decision to make. He's got a choice to make. He's got a way to go. He's got something he's got to do. He knows he's got to take a, 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 or make a decision shortly. So, so what is he doing? Well, he's not just resting on his own wisdom, his own knowledge. He's seeking out people. He's asking for advice. He's asking for counsel because he wants to know and he wants to make a right decision. And he understands that those decisions, even though he doesn't want to hear that he may be wrong in his thinking, are very important to life and they're important to making the right choices. Look, if you would, in chapter 21. In chapter 21, in verse 11. When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. When the wise is instructed, what happens? <laughs> Same thing. Okay, different way, but it's this. When a wise man is instructed, he's going to learn something. Someone said this about wisdom. Like, the most valuable result of wisdom is not what it gives, but what it gains for the one possessing it. It's true. Now, 
a wise man is going to bring blessing to other people. I think we've already actually mentioned that. We found that in the book of Proverbs. But one of the great blessings of wisdom is that it, it is fruitful for your life. It keeps you from making wrong choices, going the wrong direction, doing the wrong thing. Um, it keeps you from thinking the wrong things. Now, again, I don't like being told what to do. I don't know about you. I don't like to be told that I'm wrong. I like to think that I'm, I'm right. And, you know, no, I couldn't go there. You know, anytime I ever say anything like that, the, the lady over here in the front, just, just, I don't know, she just always starts laughing when we talk about that. But um, when I talk about just knowing everything, I don't, I don't understand. But anyway, um, you know, I don't necessarily like being told to do, but if I were in, in a military maneuver and I was working on a, in a minefield and someone knew exactly where they were, me at all if someone were telling me stop <laughs> don't step there in fact I would be rather appreciative of that fact wouldn't you and ultimately what God is talking about is someone who's going to fall if they don't listen because you look at verse 8 the wise in heart will receive commandments back in chapter 10 sorry the wise in heart will receive commandments but those that don't listen those that don't learn, are going to fall. So there's a lot resting. It, it is like walking through a minefield, life. And we need someone who knows where the mines are to tell us, hey, you're going to step in the wrong place there. And it would be wise if you come back and if you maybe go this direction or if you look toward that point or if you go that way. Um, and so... Though I don't like to be told what to do, if someone is familiar and someone can help, it's always, it's always great to have that kind of advice and counsel. So the wise man listens. We learn that the fool prates. <laughs> Didn't you love that? What's a prating fool? Go ahead, tell me again. Go ahead, Brother Deals. You had it last week. It's there. All right, babbling. What is a praying fool? You say babbling. I, I would agree that'd be fine. But I want you to look at chapter 10, verses 18 and 19, because the word prating, or the word translated prating, is found in verses 18 and 19. You say, wait a second, it's not translated prating. No, it's not. But the word is found in both of those verses. You know what it is? Nice try. Nice try. Lips. Lips. <laughs> the, the lippy fool, okay, we're talking about here. No, if, if you go through the book of Proverbs, interesting. These two times in, in the verses we're looking at, verses 8 and 10, there are the only two times it's translated prating. Every other time it's translated, well, there are, there, I think there may be another word, but lips is primarily. Some 48 times you'll find the word in the book of Proverbs. And it's translated lips uh, just about every time. You say, well, well what, is, what is the point and, and what is, what is the, the meaning? Well, you probably didn't expect that. 
Um, I, did I say 48? It's 46 times in Proverbs. And it's in reference to lips. The idea is that a fool is a know-it-all. So it's not just that they babble, although that seems to be part of the idea of the context here. He's just, he's always ready to run his lips, his mouth. And a number of times this word lips is talking about someone who is just talking, running their mouth, okay? So it does carry the idea. But the idea is that a fool is a know-it-all. And generally, when he opens his lips, he's going to reveal his ignorance. And in the context... Uh, the fool isn't willing to listen because he believes he already knows it all and he's ready to run his lips and share with everyone what he knows to babble. Okay, so, so let me tell you all the things that I know. And again, this word is not always found, or I'm sorry, this, this, uh, this idea of the prating fool or the fool is not always tied with uh, the wise man. Chapter 15 and verse 5, or at least not exactly in a proverb. Chapter 15 and verse 5, where we see uh, a fool despiseth his father's instruction, uh, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent, a different word. So a fool despises instruction. He's not willing to listen, not willing to hear. Chapter 16 and verse 22, um, the instruction of fools is folly, it says at the end of verse 22. Why? Well, because they already know it all. Can't help me. I got the answers already. So a prating fool is one who, who's just, whose lips are always ready to, to run. And they are running because they think they know everything they need to know. Um, and when they open their lips, they reveal their ignorance. Uh, I came across this. I thought it was good. So, I like what someone said about the prating fool in verse 8. He said, people would not have known that his head was so hollow if he hadn't been constantly ringing on it. I thought that was a great way to put it. But the idea of the prating fool is that he does. He, he knows what's best and right. He goes headlong into activities. So is it any surprise then that the prating fool falls? Have you ever seen someone who you just knew was making the wrong decision and you knew it was going to happen? And in essence, they were playing the part of the fool because they wouldn't listen. And you could see it coming, and you felt bad about it, maybe because there's someone you like. But they just weren't willing to hear you out. They weren't willing to ask for advice, and, and such is this person. And as a result, um, they, they learn the hard way. Actually, a lot of times the fool doesn't learn in the book of Proverbs. But um, when, when there is a fall, you would think, you would think, would you not, that there would be a lesson to be learned. In verse 9, we learn about the upright man. What does the upright man do? So the fool prates, the wise man listens. What does the upright man do? Okay. Uh, he, he walks uprightly. He walks surely as well. We could say it that way. But the upright man walks. Now, what is this talking about? Well, it does seem to be building on. These three Proverbs do seem somewhat related. Obviously, verses 8 and 10 talk about the prating fool. Um, and then verse 9 seems to be talking about this wise man. He's already listened to advice. He's listened to counsel. So now he knows the way he should go. He knows the way that's right and upright. 
So he goes in that way. He walks in that manner. Uh, he, he walks in the proper path, and as a, as a result, um, he walks surely. Um, the word upright, get this, is found seven times in Proverbs. Um, and we've already look at, looked at some of them. Chapter 10 and verse 29, since you're right there. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. You know, it's kind of interesting to me as I've been going through and we've looked at Proverbs that have, have words or have the same theme and the same idea is that a lot of the Proverbs say the same thing in another way. And, and this one seems to, to do somewhat the, the same or have the same idea. The way the Lord, he follows the way of the Lord and it's going to be strength to the upright man. Someone said this, the streams of life flow from our inner heart. And at the heart of one who ministers has to be strong character. And that's what the upright man has. And as a result, he walks surely. Uh, J.P. Morgan once commented that a man's best collateral is his character. And that is actually the idea of the word upright. It's a man of character. In fact, one of the definitions or one of the words used to define this is integrity. So this man walks a life of integrity. Um, Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln said this, I desire so to conduct the affairs of this administration. Boy, I wish we had, we had, uh, okay, I got to start this one again, but I, I so wish we had anyone in office that would say something like this. He said, I do so to conduct the affairs of this administration that if at the end, when I come to lay down the reins of power, I have lost every other friend on earth, I shall at least have one friend left and that friend shall be down inside of me. In other words, his desire was he would rather lose all his friends and have integrity and have a friend inside that, that is upright and doing that which is right than anything else. Wow, you won't hear politicians say anything like that about their administration. Um, but that is the kind of man this person is. Look, the corrupt one has nothing inside. It's evident on the outside. The upright man is clean inside, and it's evident on the outside. Now, we find that the upright man walks, and we find as well that the evil man finally works. Bad, but he works. And what do we find? Well, in verse 9, we find that he, the, the, this man, the evil man, is first crooked in his ways. Rather than a man of integrity who walks innocently, purely with integrity, as we've already said, this guy goes down another path. It's a, it's a path like this. Now, it's a choice made, just like the upright man has made a choice. He's wise because he's listened. He's made a choice. He says, all right, if I go this way, it's going to be the crooked path. Here's the right path to go. And he goes down that path. The other man says, hey, this is what I want. This is what I desire. This is what I think is best. And he goes that way. And he does those things. It's a choice made. And everyone can see his choice. Look at what it says at the end of verse 9. Uh, but he that perverted, it it's means he that is crooked in his ways, 
What does he say? Yeah, it's going to be evident. You're going to see it. You're going to see it by the way that he, uh, by the works he does. His actions, by the way, should be like flashing lights. Hey, watch out for this guy. And, and why is that important? Why do you need to be careful about this guy? Look at the next verse. Because the one that winks with his eyes is the crooked person. And he says the one that winks with his eyes is going to do what? Okay, he's going to cause sorrow. Um, wicked people hurt others, and they don't care. Evil people, by either their ex- bad example, by their words and advice or counselor, counsel that they give, they hurt others. Um, You've got to watch out for this guy because they'll stab you in the back. You've got to be aware of it. In fact, um, this, this verse uh, 10 presents the wicked man as one who silently deceives. That's the idea of the winking of the eye. You know, like, yeah, yeah, this is a good way to go. You just silently or quietly or, or stealthily. Stealthful. <laughs> yeah, you know whatever I was to say there, okay? But with this winking of the eye, and he pull, pulls people in by his trickery, and you gotta be, you got to be wise. Let me share with you, uh, or maybe we'll just leave it. We'll, we'll get to the last two um, next time, all right? We'll just end it right, we'll end it right there. But um, there's some great instruction to be learned from these four uh, people that are talked about in the three different contrasts in verses 8, 9, and 10. And um, uh, here, here's the encouragement to ask, your, to ask you, uh, ask yourself, am, am I a wise man? Do I listen? Do I receive counsel? And am I willing to have people tell me, hey, I'm not going the right direction? Am I um, the prating fool? And do I, do I let people know that I don't know anything because I'm running my mouth all the time, acting like I do know everything, uh, rather than being willing to listen and learn? Am I an upright man? Um, and we're going to see the conclusions um, in this passage, and then we'll move on in challenges, and then we'll move on from there. Father, thank you so much for your word, and thanks for uh, giving us uh, so much guidance and, and wisdom and understanding in the book of Proverbs so that we might know uh, how good people act and how bad people act, how fools act and how, um, how upright people walk. And I pray that um, there would not be a person in this room that would be a prating fool, nor uh, an evil person, but that we would have wise, upright men and women who, um, who please you and are protected from the many pitfalls of life because we're learning and we're carefully taking our steps in life to make sure we're doing that which is right. And I'll thank you for your help in this, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You're the right kind of person. You're dismissed.